Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Weaving a black thread. This has got to be one of the most tenuous titles of an episode yet. However, all will become clear. Today's theme is all about perfection. Are you a perfectionist? Are you seeking to create perfection? Are you eternally disappointed as you hunt down and chase down the elusive, the impossible to achieve? Welcome to the Level Up Podcast with me, George Swift. The Level Up Podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, as always, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe and never miss an episode. As someone who is in constant tension with my own perfectionist tendencies, this is a subject matter very close to my heart. But first things first, this black thread. There's a story that goes that there was these absolute masters of rug making. And these women would make the finest silk rugs known to man. And if you can imagine, obviously, the Japanese are famous for their mastery, famous for their craftsmanship. And these women took it to a completely different level. And what they would do is they would make these seemingly perfect rugs and they would weave a single black thread into that rug. It was completely invisible to the naked eye. You didn't know it was there, but they knew it was there. And it was done to remind them that nothing is ever perfect And it was done as a means to both humble them that their rug is never perfect and also to inspire them to take that perfection to increasing levels. So the black thread reminds us, first and foremost, that perfection does not exist. It humbles us in the sense that we've never perfected, we've never mastered. In a previous episode, I talked about a guy that'd been making noodles for 20 years or something, and he was this incredible master making noodles. That's all he did. He was a street food vendor. And a guy asked him and he said, uh, you know, how long, you know, how long did it take you to master noodle making? And he laughed and smiled and just said, I'm still learning. I was 20 years. So I'm a massive fan, a huge fan of that, that culture, a huge fan of that, just taking things to the best they can possibly be to take one thing, you know, something as simple as noodle making, dedicate your life to it. Uh, in my previous life, martial arts, you know, it's like you're never a master. You know, you may be called a master, you may be referred to as a master, but you never see yourself as a master. You're always a student first. And I love that whole philosophy. And this idea of this black thread, I think, is both inspiring and humbling. It's also a very timely reminder to all other perfectionists out there that actually you're chasing something that doesn't exist. So whilst I don't want you to necessarily consider the black thread as being something in your life or in your work, which means that you can never, ever achieve perfection and therefore you must continue to strive to always be better, you may want to do that. However, if you are suffering a little bit with your perfectionism, in other words, your perfectionism is presenting itself in negative ways, as in nothing's ever good enough, it's damaging your confidence, damaging your self-esteem, maybe you struggle to put anything out in the world because it's never, ever good enough, then of course, what we need to remember is that perfection doesn't exist. And if you are a perfectionist, if you're getting it as good as you can make it, 
the chances are it's good enough. For some of the population, good enough is never good enough. It's never good enough. And the problem is that if something's never good enough, you'll be a tormented soul. And I've had to give up on my perfectionist tendencies. And I've had to accept that the best I can do is the best I can do. And that's good enough. Other people, they don't have that same standard. They don't raise their own personal bar. They don't have that that aspiration to make things so good, so perfect, that actually if they go in there with a that'll do attitude, it comes out sloppy. So if you are a perfectionist, that'll do will probably do. If you're not a perfectionist, then that'll do will rarely do. So the first question is, are you really truly a perfectionist? You'll know if you're a perfectionist, by the way, almost certainly, because you will be, as I keep saying, a tormented soul. Someone that just wants to do a good job, great. Someone that wants to make it as good as they can, great. A perfectionist is someone that can never let go of anything. Like if you were going to write a book, you'd be on your 100th edit right now. If you were painting a picture, you'd be on your 50th attempt. More often than not, perfectionist work is either left in the drawer undone as a constant reminder of that torment that they're not good enough, or it ends up in a fit of rage in the bin, down the loo, at the end of the garden, smashed over their own heads. Perfectionists tend to drive themselves as crazy as they drive the people around them crazy. So if you're a perfectionist, you're going for 100%. 100%, whilst it feels like it exists, doesn't actually exist, because unlike an exam paper at school or university, if you get everything right, you get 100%. Well, in the perfectionist mindset, you can get everything right, but you still know everything could be a little bit better. And I love it. I love that drive. I love it. But we must temper that desire for perfection so that we can continually enjoy mastering something or trying to master something. We can continue to enjoy the ongoing improvement, self-improvement, the the discipline to attempt to perfect a craft. We want to enjoy that. We want to be fueled by that, passionate about that, whilst also tempering it so that we know that actually we are doing enough, the work is good enough, and therefore there comes a point when it must be presented to the world, it has to go out, it has to go and live and do and and breathe what it was meant to breathe, whether that's a painting, a photograph, a piece of marketing that you're doing, whether that's a video, a podcast like this that you're recording, whether you're decorating your own home, whether you're crafting your own body out of granite in the gym, whatever it is, I absolutely commend you for wanting to push yourself, to push your skills, push your craft, to constantly want to improve what it is that you're doing. Absolutely, completely commend that. I've just said that. It's one of the things I love about that side of what we might call, you know, the Japanese culture of constant improvement and constant, you know, the attainment of of mastery, but never achieving that mastery. But unless you want to go crazy, unless you want to go hungry, unless you want to go out of business, you also have to manage it with your own compromises. And compromising can be something that's almost agonizing for the perfectionist. But fundamentally in business, we've got to put stuff out there. We've got to say that'll do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you wrote a book, you're on your third edit. It's as good as you can do on your third edit. It's going to be pretty bloody good if you're a perfectionist. 
Maybe you give it to someone else, a proofreader. You can do everything within reasonable means in order to make it as good as possible, to take it as close to perfection as possible. But there has to be a point where you say enough is enough. There has to be a point where the book goes out, the book goes on sale, the book goes up on Amazon. At some point in the future, absolutely, you can do a rewrite. You can do revision two, revision three at some point. The chances are, however, there's more likely to be a book two or a book three that is more pressing to get out in the world. But you can, by all means, continue to evolve. You can continue to improve upon things that are already out there in the public domain. What you don't want to do is you just don't want to hold them back. You don't want to choke your business. You don't want to choke your products. You don't want to choke your marketing or your sales. You don't want want to choke anything in life and choke the life out of it because it's never good enough. It's never perfect. So the black thread for me, whilst we could also take that metaphor as an inspiration to continually push ourselves to get better and better, to understand and acknowledge that actually, you know, we've never mastered anything. We've never achieved perfection. And to humble us and, you know, to give us the humility to continue to improve, even when maybe we consider ourselves to be really good at something, maybe even if we dare to believe that we've mastered something. But I think we can also take the lesson of the black thread to mean that no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we push, perfection is unachievable. And therefore, we are fighting a losing battle by striving for it. And when it comes to certain things in life, that'll do, really will do. When it comes to marketing, for example, you know, you have to get the marketing out there. You have to put it out there in front of your customers, in front of your audience, and then it has to fail. And then you can improve upon it again. And at some point, it will work. It might not be perfect, but it will work. And you can absolutely continue to improve upon it. But there'll be a point where actually it's going to take you so much energy and so much effort to get an extra 1% of performance out of it or 5% performance. You might actually be better to say that'll do and to work on another marketing angle or another campaign or another funnel or another product. And you're going to get more growth and more gains out of that. And here's where the decision needs to come in. Let's say, for example, you produce a car and you're a car manufacturer and you've got this absolute ambition that you want to make perfection. So you set up a company and you look at Rolls-Royce as the benchmark and you're like, right, I can see so many ways that Rolls-Royce could be better. And I'm going to set my business out to make the most perfect car I can. In fact, I'm going to drive myself crazy creating the perfect car. So what happens then is you set about making this incredible car, this incredible standard that you've set yourself, the bar that you've raised to a level that's going to push you and inspire you to build the best possible car you can. You get your car and you surpass BMW. You surpass Jaguar and onwards and upwards you go. And then you create something as good as Rolls-Royce. But you know what? It's not quite there. One more coat of paint, one more lacquer, one more this, one more that. If I can just source a little bit better quality wood, a little bit better quality leather. And you do, and you keep chasing this, and you keep pushing it, and you keep pushing it. And let's imagine for a moment that you have almost limitless funds. So there's no pressure to take this thing to market. You've got the time and the energy to do it. 
At some point, you may produce a car that's considered unanimously by people to be better than Rolls Royce. You then get labelled as as near a perfect car as you can possibly get, the best quality car in the world. Now, that little 1% extra that you squeeze out of your perfectionism that puts it that 1% ahead of Rolls-Royce could mean the difference between being able to compete with Rolls-Royce and not being able to compete with Rolls-Royce. You see, if you produce a car that's 98% perfection, and let's say Rolls-Royce is 99, it probably is nowhere near that, but you get the model. Why would someone buy your car at 98 if they can get Rolls-Royce at 99 unless your car was cheaper? So now instead of spending 350 grand on a Rolls-Royce, they do have an option to get the second best car almost as good as Rolls-Royce. And now what? You're going to charge 150 grand, 200 grand maybe? No one's going to spend, are they, 350 grand with your car if it's just a little bit worse than Rolls-Royce and Rolls-Royce is Rolls-Royce at the end of the day. But if you can make a car that hits 99% perfection and the magazines pick up on that and the TV programs pick on that and word of mouth and everyone says, this is the new Rolls-Royce, guess what? Not only will you be able to win customers off of Rolls-Royce, the chances are instead of being 350 grand for a Rolls-Royce, you may well be able to go to half a million pound. In fact, there may be a discerning customer out there that that 1% might be worth a million pounds. And therefore, we have to make a decision, which is if we make something that's the absolute personification of near but not quite perfection, that last 1% could be worth more than the rest of our product is up until that point. And this is the same around the world. Take diamonds, for example, you know, if you had the biggest diamond in the world and if someone else came along and their diamond was like 1% bigger than your diamond, it would be a hell of a lot more expensive than 1% more expensive than your diamond because the desirability goes up. So on the one hand, you've got this absolute, this, this, this drive to try and achieve perfection, which can, if it's part of the right strategy, pay off. Realistically speaking, however, unless you had limitless funds, you'd have gone out of business long before you got even close to being as good as Rolls-Royce. Because here's the thing, whilst you might be able to charge an absolute shitload more for that extra half a percent, that extra one percent, it's going to cost you a shit ton of money in order to develop the car to that extra one percent. Because then you have to ask yourself the question, why hasn't Rolls-Royce done it already? If they are running at 98%, why haven't they taken their car to 99%? Why have they gone in there and said, that'll do? Well, because that extra 1% on their car that's 350 grand list price, that extra 1% may well cost them an extra 100 grand, 200 grand, in which case now they're having to charge half a million or more for their car, and there might not be a market for a Rolls Royce at that price. Or... It might just be not important. 98% will do. Who knows? Maybe if you came along and hit 99% and started stealing their market, they might raise their game and maybe they would start pushing for 99.1% and 99.2%. So the question is really simple. What return are you getting for that input that you're doing in order to push something from great to 1% more, 2% more to try and take it towards perfection? Because the higher you go and the closer to perfection you get, the more expensive it is, like phenomenally more expensive it's going to be 
to push it that extra 1%. So let's bring it back to our marketing campaign. So you've created this marketing campaign and it's not working because they rarely do. And you work on it and it starts to work and you improve upon it and it starts to really deliver. And let's say, you know, if it was perfect, it's going to give you 100% of a return, whatever that return might be. And let's say you get it up to 70%, right? So that's really starting to work for you. And you might want to definitely continue to improve that and take the 75% and 80%. You'll find, however, that there's a point, maybe it's 75%, maybe it's 80%, maybe it's 90%, maybe it's 98%. There's a point where actually the amount of energy and input and attention that you'd need to give it in order to get it 1% performing better, you could put the same energy into a new marketing campaign, for example, that might actually deliver 50 or 60% of the result. Does this make sense? So the question has to be, is my seeking perfection actually delivering results? If I want to take on Rolls-Royce and compete with Rolls-Royce, I've got infinite budget, maybe that extra 1% is the difference between having a viable business as a leading you know, car company in this world, operating at that level, that standard, and not being in business at all. It's possible. However, most things in business, there's a cutoff point where actually the cost involved in making something better, the time involved in making something better, the energy and effort it takes to make something a little bit better actually would deliver way better results if you put it into something else. And this is almost impossible for a perfectionist to to comprehend, let alone try and make peace with. The idea that actually if I'm running two marketing campaigns that are both delivering 75%, therefore I'm getting 150%, if that makes sense, of a result, has to be a better use of my time and energy than trying to get the 75% one up to 90% or 95%. It's like a book, for example, an author. There has to be a point where the book is good enough and all the energy and time and the cost it would take to get that book 1% more, 2%, maybe even 5% better. Actually, it makes much more sense to put that energy into a new book because maybe that energy for that last few percent might write a second book or certainly get you well on the way to that second book. If you've got a product out there and you've created this product, and it's a great product and it's running at 70, 75%. Trust me, by the way, when I say a product is 70, 75% of all it could be in terms of quality, that's a really, really high quality product, okay? Don't think that's selling yourself short in any way, shape or form. Most products in the marketplace, they're kind of okay, aren't they? Unless you spend really big money on things, most products are kind of all right. We expect them to break after a little while. We expect them not to be perfect. We expect, actually, we expect little from a lot of what we buy in today's world. If we go out and spend a lot of money in a car, of course our expectations are higher. We go out and spend three grand in a TV, of course our expectations are higher. But most products in the market kind of do what they're meant to do. They're pretty good products. So if you're producing a product and you're you know, 75% of perfection, that would be a really good product. Trust me, right? It'd probably be quite an expensive product in the market. The amount of time and energy it would take to get that product from 75% to 95%, you could probably produce another product. And in fact, taking it from 95% to 96%, you may have a whole new product in that as well. And to go from 96% to 96.5%, you may well find that you could produce a whole new product as well. Does this make sense? I hope it does. So today's episode is really 
about perfectionism. It's getting us to look at where we need to raise our bar, raise our standards. If you are a perfectionist, the chances are you might need to lower that bar a little bit. I know that's agony for you. But as someone who considers himself to be, on the most part, a rehabilitated perfectionist, take it from me, you will make life so much easier for yourself. Not to do sloppy work, not at all, because if you can't be proud of what you're doing, if you're not proud of what you're putting out in the world, of course that's going to really damage you, right? That's going to damage your pride, it could damage your self-esteem, it could make you almost ashamed, right? So I'm not saying you want to go and put sloppy work out there. It's just understanding if we're looking at perfectionism as 100% of what is possible, and actually, as I've already said, this black thread reminds us that that doesn't even exist, but even saying that it does exist and there is such a thing as perfect, once you get to that 100%, it's understanding that your obsession with those last increments could actually be completely self-destructive to you and your business. So if you are a self-identifying perfectionist or if other people might consider you to be a perfectionist, it might be time to become a little bit more strategical with your perfectionism, knowing when that perfectionism will pay off and knowing when it's hindering you, knowing when good enough really is good enough and knowing when the last part of trying to achieve that near perfection is actually damaging because you could be putting the same energy in creating something that's going to give you way, way, way more back in return. I'm not here to tell you to be sloppy. I'm not here to tell you to compromise anything in life. I'm just saying, as someone that knows this mindset very, very well, we drive ourselves insane in our never-ending battle to achieve something that is perfect which can't be done and therefore what we're doing is never good enough and therefore we're depriving ourselves of the joy the pride the just sheer enjoyment of bringing something to life bringing something to the world also it could really be damaging our ability to create a successful business Nice one, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate you giving me this 20 minutes or so of your valuable time. I'm well aware that there are many people out there now vying for your time and your energy. Therefore, I do not ever take it for granted that you spend this time with me. For that reason, I am always endeavoring to bring you the best possible content I can through this podcast. If you want to check out what we're doing at Bigger, Brighter, Boulder and more specifically at Success Groups, then please do go and check out biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk you'll see there that we have groups of ambitious entrepreneurs all striving to take themselves and their business to the next level we have groups for business owners who are just starting out in business and launching their business we've got business owners doing 20 30 40 50k and they're all striving to achieve that 100k turnover in 12 months or even less and we've got business owners doing over 100k Many of them doing multiple hundreds in turnover, some of them even doing millions in turnover, and they would love to welcome you in their group. Whether you're launching your business, building that business to 100K, or you want to scale your business, then we have groups of ambitious entrepreneurs doing exactly that. They would love to be on your journey, and they would love for you to be on theirs. We help you goal set, 
We help you set your vision. We help you with your positioning, your pricing, your strategy, your value proposition. We help you with your goal setting. We help hold you accountable to your goals. We create a community of like-minded people that wraps around you, that holds you accountable to the best you possibly can be, whilst also accepting the very worst. Over the past 12 months, even through these unprecedented times, we have had incredible successes throughout the group. We've had businesses go from 50K to well over 100K in a year. We've had one business go from 50K to rolling half a million in turnover in little over two years. We've got business owners that have gone from back bedrooms to multi-million pound businesses. And who knows, you might be next. If you want to go and check us out, biggerbrightbolder.co.uk. If you want to talk to us to find out how we might be able to help you raise your game, then please reach out to my partner in life and in business, Tracy Miller. You can contact her at Tracy with an E. Dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I'll put both those links in the descriptions of this episode as well as links to other resources to help you on your ongoing journey of success. I will see you here next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.